Welcome to the Franchise You Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Franchise You. With me today, I have Sergio Carvalho. And Sergio is the president of Boston's Restaurant and Sports Bar in Mexico. It's an exciting brand that we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Sergio. Sergio, you studied engineering, but you quickly turned to marketing and you had several positions in that field. And you started your franchising world at Yum. So you joined Yum Brands in 2008 and you worked as a franchise director. But then you left the franchising world and you took a position with Laureate Universities. Though you still stayed in marketing there, but you were focused on the hospitality industry. Then almost seven years ago, you had an offer you couldn't refuse and you left Laureate Universities and came back to join us in the restaurant business at Boston's Restaurant and Bar. That is quite a journey, Sergio. So let's unpack that just a little bit. All right. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. And it's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you. So your first role in franchising was at Yum in Mexico. What did you do and what did you learn from that first exposure to franchising? Yum definitely was my first exposure to franchising industry. Uh, I still apply all that my learnings today on my daily, daily work. Um, I was responsible at the time to supervise and develop more than 150 KFCs and, and Pizza Huts. Basically, what I had uh, at the time is a, a lot of experience. And, and I think my learnings uh, that I have is basically uh, that I, you have to learn the business from scratch, right? From the heart. Uh, learn to how to do the production, operations, inventory control, uh, sales, and supervision, of course. My most important asset is the people. Mm-hmm. As a leader, you depend 100% on your team. How you support, manage, and motivate your team is a reflection of your own performance. Right. And, and I think finally, uh, from the development side of, of the business, especially in franchising, which is a, a people business, you have to develop, develop your, your people skills. Before making a business with, with a potential franchisee, you have to develop trust with them. After all, we are making or we're talking about the big decisions and big investments. Oh, you're so right. Trust is the foundation of almost any successful business, but especially with franchising. I, I could not agree more. So you left Yom to, to work in academia, though it was an administrative role in marketing and sales. Can you tell us a little bit about that decision and what your role was at Laureate Universities? Oh, absolutely. Let, let me point out that Laureate, um, at the time when I when I joined, it, it, it is a network of different universities around the world. Um, at the time I joined, I think there were more than 60 universities around the world wow. uh, that were part of this network. Uh, and what I really like about Laureate is that uh, they understand that transformative power of education. Mm-hmm. Um, for that reason, Laureate wants to make a positive impact in the communities they serve by providing accessible, high-quality undergraduate, graduate, and specialized degrees uh, programs. After learning about that mission, I just wanted to personally be involved and contribute to that in my country as well. Yes. Uh, so my role was basically to develop the business for hospitality school at Universidad del Valle de Mexico, or UVM, including hotel management, culinary, and tourism degrees. 
And I think my contribution to the Mexico students was to negotiate and bring high caliber programs from around the network to make them accessible to Mexico students. Um, some of the programs that I supervise were hotel management that I uh, basically have between Universidad del Valle de Mexico, UVM and Glion from Switzerland, uh, the culinary degree between UVM and Kendall College in the US, Yes. And tourism degree between UBM and Universidad Europea de Madrid from Spain. Making such a negotiation was based on, on the franchising model by, that I learned from Yum by paying kind of a royalty to these institutions in exchange of sharing their curricula, best practices and support to the Mexico students. The way the, the Mexican students are UBM were ex exposed to this high caliber education uh, was great for me, but also they had the option to course at least two semesters in these international schools and obtain two diplomas, one in Mexico from UBM and the other one from Glion, Kendall or Universidad Europea in Madrid. Uh, I think this was a transformational impact that I basically was responsible for making for these uh, students. And right now these students are working around the world to make and represent my country in this fantastic industry of hospitality. Oh gosh, Sergio, that is fascinating that you were able to make the connection with franchising in the world of academia. And it seems like so much boils down to relationships and working together and, and really figuring that out. That is fascinating. Thank you. So you did that and you had great success. And I've read a lot about Laureate and it's a, it's a wonderful university. Those The university network is, is absolutely fantastic. So what made you come back to the restaurant business? Well, I think uh, that after six years working in the academia and making my contribution to, to some generations of students, uh, I came across a great challenge to my career. And that was to start a business from scratch, uh, to develop a brand that no one in Mexico knew before, right? To develop my, my, my new team, to go back to this daily, daily excitement of the business. Uh, and of course, go back to the industry that I love and I feel great passion for it, which is the restaurant industry. And nothing greater but the business model that I knew already, franchising. Yes. So your current role is president in Mexico. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do day to day and what your two most important goals are right now? Absolutely. Uh, my role as president of Boston Pizza in, in Mexico is to develop a first class support center to continue building the Boston Pizza brand in Mexico and hopefully in, in, in the future in other countries in Latin America. Uh, and, and also, I think my main focus is to maintain and have the Boston Pizza four pillars of success, which are commitment to the, the guest experience, commitment to building the Boston Pizza brand, commitment to franchisee profitability, and commitment to being involved in, in our communities. Those are the four pillars that we stand for and we appreciate in, in our business model. Oh, I love that one is a commitment to franchisee profitability because there's often that tension that franchisees believe the franchisors just are interested in their profitability. But the truth is you all have to be profitable. So that is a great one. Let's uh, transition and talk a little bit about Boston's restaurant and sports bar. So I did do some research on that one since I don't have the chance to visit one easily here in the U.S., but it started as Boston's Pizza back in 1964 in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, by Gus Agiortis. He was an immigrant from Greece and he loved having this business. 
And he wanted to grow it, but he wasn't sure how until a retired Royal Canadian Mounted Policeman, I love this part, Jim Trey Living, opened his first Boston pizza in 1968. He decided to help accelerate that growth. So he and a partner actually eventually opened up 16 of these, is what I understand, up in Canada. Yes. And then they sold all their restaurants and bought the company. And now there's more than 380 locations in Canada serving 40 million guests, which is crazy. They've won lots of awards and they are a franchisee's choice designation winner for eight consecutive years. And now you are opening Mexico. So tell us about the concept and how it's different from a normal sports bar or a normal pizza restaurant. Well, absolutely. Uh, let me point out that Bots Pizza is the number one casual dining restaurant in Canada. <laughs> as you mentioned, with more than 380 locations already across the country from the British Columbia to the Quebec provinces. So they are all over the, yes. uh, the country. Um, it is well known for offering two concepts under one roof, a family-style restaurant and a vibrant sports bar where everybody is welcome as they are. Both options are separated by a wall, so you can truly enjoy two different experiences, the restaurant or the sports bar with the same quality and delicious food that we offer. Uh, it currently serves in Mexico more than 88 items in the menu with food for everyone's taste. So I think the uniqueness of this is that you can really have two experiences under one roof. It doesn't really matter uh, if you wanna go with your with your friends or your family, there's uh, options for, for you every time you, you go to Boston Pizza. You know, that's really innovative because you're leveraging that asset and hitting really two different populations, the family and then those that just want to watch sports and maybe be with their friends and, and, you know, have a libation, let's say. So mm -hmm. you're really, that that's really smart to leverage that asset. So you mentioned the menu items. So before we talk about Mexico, I want to ask you out of all those menu items, which one is your favorite? Well, I can tell you, Katie, that my, my favorite is a pizza burger. Yeah. It's a delicious and perfectly cooked beef burger with pepperoni, pizza sauce, bacon, and mozzarella cheese covered with our fantastic pizza crust. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> and I know my husband would love that. So what is your most popular? The most popular pizza that we have in Mexico, it's called the Mamamita. And it's a pizza that has bolognese sauce, smoked ham, pepperoni, ground beef, Italian sausage, all covered with cheddar and mozzarella cheeses. So it seems like Mexicans love pizza and of course. And yes, I was gonna say pizza and lots of meat. So of it meat. does it does sound like that. So with all of those items on the menu, are a few more difficult to make than others? Uh, it depends on uh, on the training that, that we provide to our people. But for me, uh, of course, the pizza burger is one of the most difficult because it has to be cooked to perfection to appreciate really all the flavor that comes with it. I can imagine. So why the decision to grow in Mexico? Well, I think the Mexican market is uh, very mature uh, with many of the major American food brands that you can imagine already in the market, right? Mm -hmm. But Canadian brands are already or recently expanding into Mexico and other countries. Uh, Boston Pizza is one of those visionary Canadian brands that are, are making their first move to explore how well their concepts is receiving Latin America by putting their feet on the ground. Uh, this means uh, they have already opened their own office to truly understand the market and support their franchisees firsthand. Uh, I think also the Mexican market has a solid sports fans fans. 
if you accompany those sports fan, fans with great food and experience, you can find a winning business model, definitely. And I think finally, our Mexicans love to share food with family and friends. So our concept provides a lot of shareable options with abundant proportions. That definitely makes sense. And it sounds like the future growth of your restaurant in Mexico, your expectations are high. Oh, absolutely. We, we love growing, but we, we love growing with, uh, with quality uh, franchisees, definitely. Totally understand that. You know, it does beg the question, why Canada would skip over the U.S. and go straight into Mexico. What was the rationale behind that one? Uh, well, actually, it started by opening an office in Dallas, and it, it just happened that um, the, the Canada was expanding into the American market first, first option. But one of my franchisees, who was a Mexican uh, person who had uh, experience in bringing uh, pizza brands in Mexico, happened to go came across uh, that option in, in the U.S. and asked support to the U.S. operations to, to open a restaurant in Mexico. It really happened by accident, to be honest. Oh, that, that's an amazing story. And it looks like it was now it's been a really good decision. Some decisions are just fantastic. I think it, it happened for a reason. And yeah. now we are having more than 20 restaurants already in Mexico, expanding with, with great uh, and solid uh, franchisees. And I think that's, that's one of the things we are really happy about that. Ah, that's great, Sergio. So let's talk a little bit about that franchising. You offer individual franchises or you offer area development. So what is your best strategy in Mexico right now? Well, you know, our, our franchising strategy is our growth uh, to Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, since Gentry Living took over the business, it has been our business model for expansion, both local and in, in international markets, U.S. and Mexico, of course. Uh, uh, franchising provides a win-win model uh, as new franchises become part of the proven concept with support, training, and access to supply chain negotiations. But also the franchisor can expand rapidly and grow the brand by partnering with other entrepreneurs. This also provides jobs in multiple communities and improving the lives of many, many people. And it is exponential as you open more and more restaurants. So I think our, 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 our business model, it definitely will be, and it is franchising for, for the future. That is wonderful. So are you looking for individual franchisees or are you looking at the model of area development more? I think it all depends on the region uh, that we are talking about. Most of my focus is to the tech groups that have the potential for area developments. But when you consider big cities like the one that I'm living in, Mexico City, with more than 23 million inhabitants, you can also consider individual options. So um, I think um, what I like really about investors is to open their first restaurant uh, experience it and then commit to other or area, other areas once they uh, have it, their first experience with Boston Pizza. Oh, that makes sense because then they even know more of what they're getting into. I also read that there are several restaurant models that potential franchisees can choose. You have a suburban traditional, an urban downtown, restaurant conversions, and non-traditional. Which one fits in Mexico? I think the traditional model is the point of entry for a specific uh, city. But as the, how the, the, the brand starts to mature in different cities, uh, the two concepts on the one roof experience that uh, makes sense in, in other markets like urban concepts or non-traditional. But you first need to, to make sure that your whole experience is understood by the market. So I, I, I will go with the traditional first and then uh, progress to, to other concepts and models. That's a good strategy, good strategy. So 
What attributes make a successful Boston's franchisee in Mexico? Well, I think we, we always look for the following attributes. First, the passion passion for people. We are in the hospitality business. If you find that that your franchisee has passion for for team, for people, that is uh, very uh, team people oriented. That that's one of the things that, that that I want. Also, the second one is passion for food. We are in the restaurant business. It has to have passion for food. Uh, the third one will be uh, that we really and truly knows their own market. One of my uh, my strategies to partner with people that live in their own market, in their own cities. And the fourth is uh, people that has a commitment to give back to the community they serve. That's one of our, our, of our pillars and that's one of the things we are looking for. Those are great attributes. I had a years ago, we had a CEO at KFC when I was working there. And I remember he told a group of us and it was really one of the funniest things. He said, you have to have a passion for the food. He says, as a matter of fact, I don't really want any skinny people working for me. <laughs> and it was so funny because it was his way of saying, we need to enjoy our food, right? And it was just, a, oh, I still I still remember it. But the passion for food and people, I couldn't agree with you more. So critical in the restaurant business. So let's talk about the type of support that you provide your franchisees. And one of the things I read a lot about was the training support. It really caught my eye with my training background. Mm-hmm. But I even read that you guys have launched a patio support new retraining manual and you provide training on such really small things, even like how do you keep wasp out of drinks on the patio? So maybe you could tell us a bit more about the training support you provide to your franchisees. We make training the base of our operational success. Mm-hmm. Uh, we maintain close contact with our franchisees uh, at all stages before opening a restaurant at least three weeks of intensive training, both at the heart of the house and at the front of the house. Secondly, during the restaurant opening for at least two weeks. And of course, after that, continuously by visiting our restaurants frequently by their designated regional business manager or RBM. This RBM is responsible for detecting any opportunities in the operation and training or retraining necessities to our franchisees. That's how we really take care of this operation because our training is the base of our success. You know, I can see that. And i that's a lot of time to help somebody open several weeks, which is pretty incredible. And then I was also fascinated to see that in your FTD, you list, at least the FTD here in the States, that for a nominal fee, you will offer successor or remedial training. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, our franchisee fee already covers the initial training. I will say uh, also our regular RBM visits to supervise our restaurant operations. But as you can imagine, uh, staff rotation, succession plans, either from either franchisees or operators uh, or people who have been in the restaurant for many, many years tend to forget some of the training they receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we detect after some visits that a retraining is needed to guarantee a perfect operation, in agreement with our franchisee, he or she will only have to pay marginal travel expenses to a specific set of uh, experienced trainers to come to the restaurants and retrain those specific areas that are needed. That's the way we basically maintain a solid training experience and that will guarantee a, a solid guest, a guest experience for the future. That is excellent extra support because the last piece on training is that you provide rollout on-site training for a small stipend. So anytime you have a rollout of a new product, it sounds like you will send some trainers to help. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yes, absolutely. I, I think uh, those what we, we call LTOs or whatever we launched uh, in the restaurant business, the way the best way to train other is to learn by doing, right? Right. Our, our trainers usually go to the restaurants, first explains what the purpose of the activity is, then do it themselves to show others how it, it is done. Uh, then ask the trainee to replicate the activity or the LTO and finally supervise a real life su su uh, situation. Uh, once you guarantee that they mastered the activity, then we ask the trainee to train others. So uh, with that train the trainers model, you can guarantee uh, that you leave a solid lesson at the restaurant before you leave. I, I think that's kind of like our strategy to, to guarantee that everything is solid before we leave. Right. And, it, and that it's also consistent. Ensuring consistency with so many products seems a bit overwhelming. Um, do you have standards audits in Mexico to follow up on oh, yes. uh, the execution? As I mentioned before, these RBMs who are responsible for making all these visits okay. are the ones who are responsible for, for auditing, right? Basically, uh, we call it the Boston's Excellence Review or BER. Okay. And at least two times a year, we go to those restaurants to make these Boston's Excellence Reviews. And after every audit, audit we can evaluate food quality, uh, the different uh, processes, guest experience, uh, maintenance and training, among other things. Those are the things that these RBMs are responsible for. And that's the way we can guarantee that our, our brand is really well taken care of. Oh, that's so important. It sounds like that's extremely important to your concept, which is good it for is. consumers as well. So let's talk just a second about marketing. So I read about a brand fund. Can you explain how the brand fund works? I'm assuming that's a marketing fund. Yes, it is. Uh, we, yes, we, we do collect uh, some royalties uh, as, as part of this national marketing fund. Uh, this national marketing fund, it, it has to be invested in building the brand first. Right. And of course, making sure that we bring traffic to our restaurants. Uh, so all, all the, the create, creative agency and national marketing cam campaigns are represented here. Uh, but also the franchisees are responsible for making a contribution as to local marketing campaigns uh, for at least 1% of, of their sales. So that's kind of like how we make sure that our marketing campaigns are consistent uh, across the, the different markets that, that, that we serve and uh, that we talk the same language uh, to our fans. That makes sense. Oh, I love that you call your customers your fans. That's a cool term, especially considering you have a sports bar. So <laughs> when you look at marketing, what has been your most successful campaign? Well, I remember this uh, campaign back in 2019. Uh, we launched an LTO that we have uh, new drinks with tequila and rum for, for the bar. Uh, but what, what was really unique about these drinks is that they come, they came inside a, a branded fishbowl. Wow. So, uh, so we launched these fishbowls and with, with these fantastic drinks with tequila and rum. And uh, the very fun thing is that uh, there were uh, a lot of our fans basically uh, uploading these photos using social media, Instagram and all that. And we just were really, really happy about that. Uh, a lot of our fans were really having a great time and, and uh, sharing that a specific time inside our restaurants with others using social media. So I, I think that was one of our, our most successful marketing campaigns already. So wait a minute. Was the drink served in a fishbowl? Yes. Instead oh, my a... gosh. And I would definitely put that on social media. How fun is that? It is. And, you know, we've all seen the success of social media. And if it comes organically from your fans, mm -hmm. it's even much more successful. 
Oh, that is something. I have to see some of those pictures, Sergio. That's too much. I'll that send you fun. right away. <laughs> that is fun. So as we conclude our podcast, let me ask you a couple of last questions. So Sergio, you've had a fantastic career. I mean, you really have done a lot of great things. What is one thing that you are most proud of? Well, I think, Katie, uh, making the difference for so many people, either they were students or restaurant operators, uh, but changing their lives to a better future is what makes me most proud of. Oh, gosh, Sergio, that's really awesome. And you're in a great position to do that. You've had lots of positions to do that. And and now you definitely are in one that you can change the lives of many who become franchisees of Boston's. So my last question that I like to ask all my guests is, is there anything you wish you had known when you entered our fantastic world of franchising? I wish I had a manual before joining <laughs> franchising. Uh, I, I wish I, I knew how the franchise, the franchising world operates, all the, the different aspects it touches from sales, legal, strategy, coaching, human resources, marketing, operations, supply chain, everything. I learned it basically through the years. I didn't have a manual. So uh, that that is why I think I'm so happy about the Jump Center for Global uh, Franchise Excellence and its partnership with the University of Louisville, uh, a program that I will know it will make a great impact for underrepresented people and that I'm sure will make a difference for future generations to come into this fantastic world of franchising. Oh, gosh, Sergio. I. I couldn't have asked for more. And I promise my listeners, I didn't ask for that, but I really appreciate Sergio mentioning that because that's our whole purpose here is to provide this education, especially to those who've been historically underrepresented. And Sergio, I would like to announce too, I want to thank you for agreeing to be a part of our board. So it's going to be wonderful to have you on, on our board. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and wisdom today. Thank you. It's a really an honor to be part of the board and I'm looking forward to it. Franchise U is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise U.